iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. This is Mick Fleetwood, and we're talking about what got me going in music and what led me to uh, the very seat I'm sitting on today. When I was probably about, I don't know, uh, nine or ten or something around there. I was at boarding school in England and we used to listen to Radio Luxembourg and there was a couple of what we called rich guys that came back with guitars that they pretended to play and they learnt uh, songs like Peggy Sue uh, and I became a huge Buddy Holly fan and Peggy Sue would be a song that reminds me of, of really one of the first songs that I remember liking. I was already vaguely starting to sort of tap on uh, the side of chairs and stuff. Uh, so Peggy Sue, uh, and indeed that led me to Buddy Holly, and he's still one of my favorite, favorite artists. And as I think we all know, and people who don't know, Buddy Holly is, is really, was a huge, and still is a huge influence on the music that we have uh, in this modern time we live in. Certainly an advocate of Buddy Holly, so much so uh, Paul McCartney and the Beatles, that was one of their big influences and later on Paul had the pleasure and the money to buy uh, the, the whole publishing catalogue and he put on a musical and done so many wonderful things to keep Buddy Holly's music alive. So that would truly be uh, where we should start this story. If you knew Peggy Sue then you why I feel blue without Peggy My Peggy Sue Oh well I love you Kelly I love you Peggy Sue Peggy Sue Peggy Sue Oh how my heart yearns for you Oh Peggy My Peggy Sue The next song is actually by a drummer called Sandy Nelson. And Sandy Nelson was like the Dwayne Eddy version of a drummer who actually actually was one of the few drummers that had hits. Uh, the last time I think drummers had a connect to having hits were in the 30s when they led all the big dance bands. But Sandy Nelson literally had the hit records by playing drums and all these wild and crazy jungle beats. And there was a song called Let There Be Drums, which is one of the things as a young lad I would uh, fantasize about being in a band and play this song and it's it's really something that stayed with me like the Buddy Holly rhythms they're really straight ahead and infectious and no doubt was probably the reason I eventually went to Africa and made an album there many years ago so this is something that has stayed with me and I'd like to pay tribute to Sandy Nelson <laughs> next song is is more drum fantasy stuff that uh, when I was a young lad uh, playing drums not any not with a band but playing drums in my living room and in the attic I would play to records and just constantly be sitting there emulating things that that I was hearing and certainly being a drummer you were 
in the early days, I was I was always drawn to something that had uh, a visible uh, beat to it. And it's a song called Wipeout that was originally recorded by the Safaris, and then later on, I believe the Ventures covered it. And I would say it's probably one of the <laughs> the most played songs. It's sort of like a woolly bully type song that uh, you still hear this being played on the radio, certainly in clubs and ballrooms. For maybe not these days, but for a long, long time. This was the song that everyone would freak out. This was the song uh, a drummer such as myself would sort of pretend to do a, a drum solo by copying the frantic middle bit in this song, which you're about to hear. So it was uh, something that stayed with me, so I'd like you to hear it. What came out of all of my early days uh, learning to play drums at home and then by probably 63 or 62, somewhere around there, I went up to London. I was then nearly about 16 years old, nearly 16. I left school when I was 15 and went off to live out my dream uh, with a drum kit, literally. In fact, my father uh, wrote a a lovely poem that I was much later on in life, uh, actually after my dad passed away, I, I, my mother gave it to me. And it was literally, they sent me off to London with much family support, uh, which was great, with a little drum kit and a dream. And I met a guy called Peter Bardens who introduced me to my first blues artist. And it was Jimmy Reed. I don't know which track, but you can choose any track you like because Jimmy Reed is, t to my reckoning, is totally unique and just totally cool. And the way that he slid along like a big old lazy snake very often in, in the way his music came out and hit me was very infectious and just very magical. So I would like you to have the, uh, the luxury of, of picking out any darned uh, Jimmy Reed song that you like. Trying to give you an idea of sort of music that I, I love and certainly music that uh, is still dear to my heart, which is blues, and having uh, the album Blue Again out, which is by way of a journey for me of actually paying some attention, which I have always done, uh, but actually putting it down and making a statement, a new statement, but also a retrospective statement of where I came from as, as and where Fleetwood Mac indeed came from uh, in 1967. Uh, that was when we started Fleetwood Mac and all we played was blues. So I am having fun here picking some songs that 
influenced the band, influenced and stayed with me in in many ways. Uh, the music that you'll hear on the album Blue Again, you will definitely know that this is blues music. <laughs> so B.B.、Uh, King was a great influence on Peter Green. By the way,、uh, we have a lot of fun featuring、uh, Fleetwood Mac,、uh, Peter Green. Uh, songs on the album Blue Again, songs like Black Magic Woman, but this song is from BB King, and it is、uh, Sweet Sixteen. When I first met you, baby, baby, you were just Sweet Sixteen. First met you, baby. Here we go,、uh, back to the drum beat, and someone sadly who passed、uh, not so very long ago. He had so much influence、uh, on on me when I was playing drums back in the day, and in truth, he electrified. If you if you think of the early Rolling Stones, they did quite a few of his songs and wrote songs that were sort of like his songs, as did we and and probably thousands of other bands, you know. And and I again, it's that primal thing. I'm happy to say that keeps people happy. And Bo Diddley was just.、Uh, I wished I could remember the name of of his drummer back then, but I don't. Sadly, so I'm going to pick a song uh, that uh, we did back in the day called、uh, "Hey Bo Diddley," and it's just、uh, him at his best, and he was totally unique. And I saw him play many times back in England, and he's missed. Women here, women there. Women, women, women everywhere. But one little girl lived on a hill. Rustling does it like Buffalo Bill. One day she decides she's going for a ride. With a pistol and a sword by her side, she rolled right up to my front door. Knocked and knocked till her fist got sore. When she turned and walked away. There is an artist、uh, that I I truly love, and I think she recently passed away too. Nina Simone, and I'm going to pick a song because she's sort of the unlikely request as a, a young rock and roller. It was for a while could have been in, in some circles for some stupid reason, not the sort of name that you bring up because it was too jazzy or something of that nature. But I actually was、uh, again Peter Barden's,、uh, my earliest first partner, musical partner. Turned me on to Nina Simone, and as a young chap, it just the mournful tone of her voice and the way she delivers her songs, and very often a very poignant, passionate, sad、uh, vibe that that only she could really nail. And I'm going to choose a song called Rags, Old Iron. I heard an old rag man out making his rounds. He came right to my alley, Lord, with sorrowful sounds, crying, wrangling, and pulling his gun. Ask him how much he'd give me for my broken heart. 
now we're going a complete departure here for the old blues rock and roller that I am. However, I, as a, a drummer, I'm going to choose a song from an English composer. Uh, not that these songs weren't all composed by people, but you always, when you talk about classical music, that sort of seems to, uh, it's, it's composition. They're all compositions, but an English composer called Vaughan Williams. And there's a piece called Lark Ascending. And the story behind this is me and Peter Green, uh, who formed Fleetwood Back back in 1967, fell in love with a piece of music. And it was a lot of Vaughan Williams' uh, music. And you might think that's rather an, an odd thing for a bunch of young lads that played wild Elmore James-esque blues music and songs like Oh Well and, and, uh, and Black Magic Woman and all the things we got into. But... I think the appeal here is, as a blues musician and as a percussionist, the one thing that I pride myself with is, is nothing to do with technique, uh, which I have reasonably little of, really, although I do know what I'm doing, sort of, by now. It is the sense of dynamics, and as you listen to this piece, it, it has such unbelievable dynamics in it. It's a very beautiful, again, rather sad, piece that would of course appeal to me would of course appeal to me and Peter because we seem to be suckers for some of the the sadness that came out of listening to blues music very often and and it also represents how you play blues music it's all about dynamics it's a simple form of music and yet simple sometimes is very hard to get to and this classical piece really demonstrates the the art the real art of dynamics and I think for sure that's why it would have appealed to me and Peter back in the day. Now we have a song by John Lennon, and it could have been one of many, one of dozens. I am a huge, always was, and certainly when he left the ranks of the Beatles, continued just to do the greatest stuff, you know, probably more poignant for sure, even with, than the stuff that he did with the Beatles. Uh, so I'm going to pick a song called Jealous Guy. I think I was reminded of this particular song, one again of, of dozens of, of his songs that I truly, truly just love and, and still listen to. On a private level, I do believe that I was uh, sort of struggling in a, a particular relationship uh, that was going a little awry and off the rails and realized the person that I was in love with at the, at the time was uh, hedging towards another person other than myself. And I remember desperately phoning up in some sordid little uh, motel in Michigan somewhere, Michigan, um, freezing cold, and probably had was slightly under the weather from a few bottles of wine or whatever. Back in that day, I think I drank brandy, but uh, anyhow, and I put this song on my little tape recorder 
and played it to her on the phone and apologized that I was de so deadly jealous and I was in tears at the time, I think. So here you go. I began to lose control. George Harrison uh, was a dear friend of mine and in actual fact uh, was my brother-in-law. I was married to Jenny, who was Patty Harrison's sister, obviously, and uh, we became dear friends and I miss him a lot. And through the years we sort of drifted apart, but he was everything you can imagine George to be. He was a kind human being and his music totally went from being somewhat missed and somewhat suppressed when he was with the Beatles. To my mind, he is, his songs are the songs uh, that, uh, John, you go to for, for poignant, poignancy very, very often. With George, I always feel how I felt about him as a person. He wrote songs very, more than often, that often had humor for sure, but when he showed himself in a song that I'm going to choose, All Things Must Pass, um, which was a great album too, it, it is uh, how I feel about uh, this man, and he is sadly missed. There's a, there's a great show that was done and organized by Eric Clapton, and at the Albert Hall. And if you haven't seen it, you should see, you see, I forget what it's called, but it's a tribute to George Harrison's legacy and his work. And his son, Danny, is up on stage for the whole show. And he is George. He's, and he's a great, great guitar player, great rhythm player like George was. And of course, his slide playing uh, has influenced so many people to this day. So this is All Things Must Pass uh, from George. What is going on? Marvin Gaye, uh, short and sweet on this one. Should never have left the planet. He'd still be doing great stuff. Same way as you talk about someone like Jimi Hendrix. You just know they'd be making great music into their latter years and be totally connected. And, and how advanced w was that album and that song and how prophetic uh, it was? Just for the info, he was a, a Tamla Motown drummer back in the day that happily started singing and writing uh, and was a huge major influence and partner in the company Tamla Motown and deservedly so because a lot of artists didn't necessarily get a, a look in on the business he did 
uh, and for good reason. He is one of my most favorite voices and my most favorite artists, and this is what's going on. War is not the answer, for only love can comprehend. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and get here today. Pick it and pick it side. Punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see What's going on? James Brown uh, I was a James Brown fan way back in the day When I was probably, I don't know, 18, 17 years old And just totally fascinated by the tightness of, of the band that all the bands he ever had, Maceo on saxophone uh, in the early days, and just just killer, you know, two drummers up there playing parts that were way too complicated for me, and I would, you know, we would do our sort of white English version of the funky beats and stuff and try and emulate, with, usually without much success. That's what led me to the simple two and four, I think. I, I, I saw him on stage so many times, and one of the last things that I saw on, on a video was literally weeks before he, he passed away, was uh, doing It's a Man's World in Italy with Pavarotti. He held his own, I can tell you. His voice was great right until he, he left us. And as crazy as he was very often, he has to be applauded for so much work that he did. Sadly, although he went off the rails a bit, for sure, himself, he did a lot of work to bring, uh, you know, a black and I'm proud type of philosophy which we all know what he did and what he wrote that really brought up the a lot of great things for, for young black men and women to, to feel proud about. And he should be given great credit for that. Even in lieu of his craziness, James Brown, It's a Man's World. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. I would be very remiss, uh, and I dare say if I was literally forced to sit on a desert island, I might probably be tempted to select this particular artist to be left with. And uh, the reason being Bob Dylan, he truly, if you look at his whole body of work and you start trying to comprehend and take on board what this man has perceived and written about uh, and had fun with sometimes, but mostly what a true sense of a poet uh, this man is and just mind-blowing the amount the body of work and the caliber of what has been said and what has been related and what he will at some point leave to us all uh, his legacy will truly 
truly be something that will transcend time. And uh, talking about time, this is a song that I chose. The times they are a changing. I'm writers and critics who prophesize with your pen. And keep your eyes wide, the chance won't come again. And don't speak too soon for the wheel's still in spin. And there's no telling who that it's naming. Was the loser now will be later to win for the times they are a changing. The next song is a Fleetwood Mac song. It's something that is actually on the album Blue Again, which is coming out shortly or will be out by the time you listen to this, uh, I would think. And it's a Peter Green song that is really one of Peter's, it's my most favorite song of, of Peter's. And uh, there are, again, many of his songs and early Fleetwood Mac songs that I truly have, uh, a, you know, I love and I'm proud of and was part of that whole thing that went on back in the day in the late 60s and early 70s with Fleetwood Mac. It's a song called Love That Burns and we, me and Rick, uh, redid this song on the album and you're going to hear the Fleetwood Mac version, I believe, or maybe you'll hear our version, I'm not sure. You love me tomorrow Like you say you love me now Will you love me, love me tomorrow Like you say you love me now The reason I'm, I'm picking two of Peter Green's songs is, is really to demonstrate how important Peter Green was, not only to the fact that he formed Fleetwood Mac with me back in 1967, but I will be forever in debt to what this man taught me as a musician. He was just the most amazing guitar player and an amazing singer that was all too short of a tenure. The time he stayed, you know, with Fleetwood Mac was really quite short, but he did such great work that bands such as Tom Petty, uh, bands Aerosmith still do two or three of his songs, uh, Rattlesnake Shake, they do Oh Well, they do Stop Messing Around, uh, which I think is also on our album, uh, I think. Stop Messing Around is a song uh, that's on the Blue Again album. And it's really gratifying to, to know, and, and I have to sort of defer so much credit, of course, to, to Peter Green, that he was an artist's... People, uh, guitar players, forget it. They all love him. And sadly, he, he became not horribly active when he, he left Fleetwood Mac, which was a great shame, and that's a whole long other story that you'll have to dig into your uh, computer and find out about. But these songs are so powerful, and this particular song, Man of the World, really represented for me. I, when you listen to the words, I look back and think, I wished I was a trained shrink back then, and I would have heard him crying out for help. And, and we didn't, because he was one of the lads, and we were the lads all together, and I had no idea of, of his, his truly 
uh, inner sadness that was really being uh, trying to, to was being put on the the table here by writing this song. It was a huge hit in England and Europe, not over here, but Man of the World is really about Peter's life and the life, unfortunately, that he inherited after he left Fleetwood Mac. I guess I've got Dust My Broom is coming up next, and it is Elmore James. And Elmore James is another reason why I'm sitting here uh, still playing the blues. Elmore was one of our most favorite artists back in the day, and boy, did we emulate him. If you listen to, uh, on again on the album Blue Again, Rick, who is probably one of the most premier slide players in the world as far as I'm concerned, uh, guitar players, but he's one hell of a slide player. And we, we have a lot of fun doing uh, Elmore James uh, songs and we've just n never got away from him. You know, he had the most incredible voice and the first Fleetwood Mac album, Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, was basically a one Elmore James song after the other that amazingly uh, broke through and became a top five album in England uh, when everything was pop, pop, poppy music and everything else. So it was a total freak album. Uh, early Fleetwood Mac was a blues band in the charts, which made no sense at all. Boy, do we wish our album was going to be in the charts and hopefully by some amazing luck we'll uh, we might do that who knows because uh, a lot of people in england had never heard of had no idea so we took our audience who did know all about the blues artists because they're all they actually often our audience knew more about blues than we did the total fanatics you know back in the day and this and still a blues audience is very much about loving the music and talking and doing the whole thing. And it's great when you go and play a club or a theater where people really know their stuff. And that's what me and Rick do with my band. You put Elmore James on the top of the charts and they think that you've invented a whole new form of music, you know, and that's what happened. And they had no idea. They thought it was our music, but uh, they very quickly knew because we would uh, advocate very loudly where all that stuff, like the Stones when they first came to America, would be quite shocked that no one really knew about a lot of the great blues artists that we all loved in England. And I like to and hope, in fact, know that certainly people like the Stones and the animals in the early days and the Yardbirds, and later on, Led Zeppelin and Fleetwood Mac and a bunch of bands that came over. By the time we came over, the story was starting to be told. And, and in truth, uh, there's no doubt, especially with someone like Eric Clapton, uh, has done, has really saved, you know, although The Cream was a strange, weird, a strange and weird band, it was because of a weird bunch of young English chaps coming over and shouting very loudly about, do you know you have an art form in America that's about to die called the blues? 
and all the lovely blues artists and everything that were still happily alive in those days. So I think, you know, I'm happy to be uh, a, certainly a little part of that. Uh, makes me feel good that we kept that alive and well and artists like B.B. King uh, uh, are connected to that, you know, and you see, see them being quietly grateful and happy that uh, something was about to disappear strangely enough was brought back over the ocean by a bunch of little white boys I'm getting up soon in the morning I believe I dust my room I'm getting up soon in the morning I believe I dust my room Out with the best girl I'm loving her You know, I'm certainly focused on the music that I've tried to demonstrate that really influenced me and still does. When you hear a song, for instance, blues music to me, and if you go to a more contemporary song, for instance, Fleetwood Mac went through many, many changes uh, musically and now enjoy, we're about to leave on a tour. And the only old song we're going to do is, is oh, oh Well, which is uh, Lindsay's playing his heart out and it's great because it's, it's actually one song that when he first joined Fleetwood Mac, he, he, he sort of had to play because we didn't have any new album and we played a whole bunch of sort of stuff. Happily, of course, Stevie and Lindsay came into Fleetwood Mac and being the great writers that they, they were and are today, we very quickly, uh, those songs started to be taken out of the set, appropriately, I might add. But we're back playing Oh Well, and me and John have a, we all do, we have, I think Lindsay's really enjoying playing it too. Blues has always been part of my whole musical life, and that's why I've sort of generally stayed trying to tell this little story here in the moments we have. And I would be certainly remiss if I left another fantastic artist that so affected not only us, but so many, again, so many bands like the Stones and bands that came out of England, Muddy Waters, Led Zeppelin, you know, should still be writing royalty checks to uh, Muddy Waters. Uh, and I think, I think they are now. But uh, just fantastic uh, influence uh, on, on us lads in England. And I'm going to choose a song called Backdoor Man. I'm a backdoor man. Celebrity Playlist Podcast.